Hello, welcome once again to our relationship series on Dr. B. This program is often posted on our Chapel of Experience Facebook page and on the website of drb.com. You can always get to meet us on YouTube as well. I look forward to having you every week on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 6 p.m. My name is Dr. B and I'm a relationship expert relationship coach and mentor. My desire is to see you go through life without or very little challenges. And when you have challenges, to be sure that somebody is there to listen to you and to assist you go through life. You don't have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death all alone. The Bible says, I am with you. And that's God. And what we do is to guide you and help you so that you don't get frustrated with life. When life throws you lemons, we help you to turn lemons into lemonade. Because life can be very unfair. Things can go wrong with the best of people. No matter who try, sometimes it's never really good enough. Last time I discussed with you on this show, I discussed about how people will receive you. And I talked about being admirable and being able. And I said, when you're admirable, people gather around you. They can only stay with you if two characteristics are prominent in your life. And these two characteristics begin with the letter C, and they are character and competence. If you have a wonderful character, people will be drawn towards you, they will admire you, but they will not stay long with you, and they may not patronize your services. When you're selling goods, they may not even patronize your goods, because Character alone doesn't bring customers. Character alone doesn't bring clients. You need to have competence. And I'll explain competence. Competence simply means efficiency. When output is always higher than input. When you do something for people, either as a doctor, a tailor, a seamstress, or even a teacher, no matter how beautiful you are, no matter how kind-hearted you are, they're not just looking for you to be admirable, they want you to have competence. And competence is being able to do the skills you say you have. Your skill set must be higher than average. Competence is a dream for excellence. If you know how to arrange clothes, do them well. You know how to shine shoes, make the shoes so shine that people will wonder whether they are new shoes. Oh, you know how to talk. Talk in a way that people admire your diction, admire your articulation, and admire your ability to deliver, and your composure while talking. So competence is not just knowing what to do. It's not just doing what you know how to do best, but you're doing what you know how to do best in the best of ways. Competence has a tinge of excellence in it. Mediocrity is just average, you know. Somebody was arguing with me the other day and I had to tell the person that the word mediocrity is not a wrong word. It's not a bad word. Mediocrity simply means average, run of the mill, the standard, the acceptable norm. When you do things the way everybody else does it, sorry, you are mediocre. When you beat the record, when you go beyond the ordinary, when you go beyond, beyond the average, when you do things with exceptional Great, exceptional ability, exceptional attitude. 
people will look for you. Somebody once said, write a good book, sing a good song, and live in a hole. People will trudge their way through the bushes, clear the bush path, looking for you. What does that mean? If you do something very well, if you're a street sweeper, and you sweep the streets in a way that begin to shine like streets of gold. If you're a dressmaker, you make dresses that people wear and go out and everybody wows them. Who sold this dress for you? It's crazy. It looks so beautiful. I need to get the address of your tailor. I need to get the address of where you bought it from. That has exhibited competence. The challenges we have is that many people are admirable. They are nice. They speak well. They are, they are clean. They are everything. Until they come to what they claim to be their skill set. And so people run away from them. And I did say that if you're admirable, but you are not able, which means you are beautiful, you are pretty, you talk well and everything, but you don't just have the skill set you claim you have, people will walk away from you. What if you have the skill set and you're not admirable? I mean, you have competence but lack character. You can repair a tap very well as a plumber, but you never bring change. Mm -hmm. Like a great driver. A great driver, but when you go and buy gas, petrol, fuel, diesel, and you never come back with change, you tell your boss, sorry sir, I, I use the money. A good driver, but you lack character. Oh, you're a pastor, you can preach so well, but no one of the church can trust their 18-year-old daughter with you. So you have character. No, you don't have character. You have competence. Yes, you have competence, you can preach very well. But you have sounded you out. And all the young women in church run away from you. I read the book of a great man, and in that, in that book, he wrote something. He said, if you think you are nice, go to children's church and see how many children will come and hug you. He said, children don't keep malice. And even when children don't like you, there's something wrong with you. Come out of your home and all the children on the streets run away. You come to church and children begin to hide from you. <laughs> You need to think again. Are you okay? So we need to have these two things, character and competence. When you have when you are admired and but you are not able, people will not patronize you. They will come and visit you. I give the example the other time you are in a church of five hundred people and nobody in that church comes to your clinic. Nobody in that church comes to you to sew their clothes. Nobody in that church comes to buy your buns and your tomatoes. And you go about the place and I sell these. I also oh, love you. What about my well what does that mean? They have reservations about your competence. Maybe you sell rotten tomatoes. Why you sell tomatoes that are very expensive? That's why they don't come. You can, grow, you can go to the mountain top and do 30 days drive fast, don't bring them. I assure you, it's not a demon pursuing you. It's a shadow pursuing you. What's a shadow here? Incompetence. So we're going to move on in life. You must struggle to have good character, punctuality, smiling, look nice, dress well, be nice to people you meet along the way, you may meet them coming back, and then have Competence. And competence means be very good at what you claim you know how to do.
These two things will draw people to your business. And you know what? Can make people fall in love with you. Are you one of those who go about a place saying, hey, good men are scarce, you know, and you can't find them anywhere? May I have you buy two, get, buy, get, buy one, get two free? And you tell yourself, they're not good men, they're not good men. Could it be that you're not a good woman? Why do people keep avoiding you? I know you are beautiful. You wear nice clothes. You have the swag. But they don't like you. Oh, they like you. They just come and have sex with you and walk away. They don't like to keep you as a lifelong friend or a partner or a spouse. They don't want to marry you. Why? It could be because you dress well, you talk well and everything. But they found out that the other day, when you slapped a policeman, it was horrible. When you hit somebody's car, your fist dented his car. Out of anger, you've broken two windscreens in the last three months. Out of anger, you've blinded somebody. Poured pepper, poured kerosene into his eyes, poured acid on his face. Oh, that was last year. Yeah. I'm not too sure you've changed. I have the story of a young man who was taking some children in lessons. University preparatory exams, known as joint matriculation exams. And he fell in love with one of the 15, 16 year olds he was teaching. We go to the home regularly to teach the children and evaluated the girl. And the parents got to know and they took his case up. She was a wonderful teacher. He taught well and the students tend to pass the exams. Like nobody could stand this aspect of violating even adults. Talk less of children. They took up his case and I was sent to jail. Some years later, I came out of jail. And guess what? It went back to that same family. It was only the Bible. Knocked on the door. Ah! They were scared. They said, oh, I'm a changed man now. He had a Gideon's small Bible with him. So what do you want? He said, I want to come back and teach your children. And he said, sorry, I can't take you back. He said, I'm born again. I'm changed. I teach him this and that. He said, sorry, we can't take you back. And I got angry. Oh, okay. You see, you see, trust. Trust. It's not acquired overnight. Trust is something you have to build. It takes ages and you can lose trust in a minute. But it can take years to build trust. People don't just trust you like that, come out of prison, and they went back to the same family. You know, we're going to the other end of town or turn to the next town. He went stupidly. And he said, well, he was being frank. He was being stupid. Why? We're known as a rapist. Give me another story. I was living then somewhere in central, not central Nigeria. And a young man picked up my clothes from the line outside at the back of the house. 
and stole the shirt. When I came back from work, I noticed that my shirt was missing. I told my household and I began to look for them. You couldn't find a shirt in the old house. It was 6 p.m. in the broad daylight. I saw this young man walking on the street and some of my members of my household ran back and said, Dad, we can see you. Somebody's wearing your shirt, right? We accosted him. You know what he said? He said he only borrowed it to use. That he was returning back to the line. And he needed a shirt to wear. We took him up. He was arrested and he was jailed for 12 months. And then in the north, justice is faster. After I was released from prison, guess what he did? He came knocking on my door. And I looked at him. I didn't know him again because it was a very brief encounter I had with him. I said, hello, what can I do for you? He said, I was a young man that stole your shirts. One year, he said, I'm back from prison. My heart missed a bit. I said, what can I do for you? He said, I still like that shirt. I will serve my term in prison. Can you please give me the shirt? Because I've paid for it by going to prison. Sounds funny, isn't it? True. He gave me money. I told him to go and buy another shirt. I said, no, he likes my shirt. The shirt is stolen from the line that he wanted him back because he had served his term in jail. I don't like giving your shirt and say, well, good boy, try to pay your price. No, I told him, no. <laughs> I said, go and buy another shirt for yourself. But that was that bordering on covetousness. What can be so demanding, so persuading, so overwhelming? I said, you go back to the man you stole the shirt to demand for the shirt. Character. No matter how nice you are, people find it difficult to forget character. You can forget some things. Character is strong. Character is not stealing and wrong or raping. Character could involve forwards. Your inability to use them can make people not to like you. One is the word please. So simple. Please. It's a sign of etiquette. Can I have the pen, please? Can I? If you don't mind, will you please give me this? I please, but if it's your own property and somebody took it from you and you want to collect it back, there's nothing wrong in saying, Please, can I have my pen back? And then you say, What am I begging for? It's not my own. No, you see, those words are so simple, but they define, they define class and that is character. When we hear the way you talk, they can imagine where you are coming from. Give me that barrel. Give me that paper. Give me. It shows you lack finance. And I know you say, I'll finance you with What concerns me with finance? Just give me. No. We're talking about relationships here. And there are things that people look out for in others. When they don't get it, they don't tell you. They don't tell you. But you have defined yourself. Second word that can make you admirable. In the context of character, is the word sorry. Sorry doesn't mean you are wrong. When someone sneezes, you say, I'm oh, sorry. Someone misses the steps on the staircase, oh, sorry. Somebody 
misses his way and says, look, I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't mean you did it. It's a way of expressing concern. You open the door, somebody was sleeping. As you opened the door, the person was disturbed. I said, What? Well, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were sleeping. I didn't lose anything. Now there are different types of sorry. Doesn't, okay, sorry. Um, come on, that's not sorry. That's an insult. You see, sorry can show your voice, can show your attitude. There's no point saying sorry and putting your two hands in your pocket and, and doing your head as if you were a president that lost an election and you thought you could have won. You know, when I say sorry, you need to show it with a level of pity of um, that we are wrong. Penitence. And you don't have to be wrong to say sorry. You can tell somebody sorry because you felt the person got hurt. You can tell somebody sorry because the person missed their way. You can tell somebody sorry because the person had an issue. The third word is thank you. Thank you can make a whole world of difference. You're supposed to thank people for anything they do for you. Even if you're a boss and somebody brings in your letter or your driver takes you home from work, you come out of the car, you don't lose anybody say, oh, Mr. John, thank you for this trip. It just defines you. You don't have to do it, but when you do it, you tell people where you're coming from. And I know that we've shortened it to thanks, yeah? Thanks is a colloquial word. It's not a full word. The real word is, the real phrase is, thank you. You say thank you, not because somebody has done something good to you. You can say thank you to appreciate somebody. Or almost somebody says, that's a nice dress. Oh, thank you. I know you say, did they buy the dress for me? Why do you have to say thank you? What's that rubbish? Is it for me? Why is it telling you to give me food? It's not that. Somebody gives you a lift. Thank you. I know what that's. You don't have to say thank you on that day. You can have a person tomorrow and say, thank you for what you did the other day. And you can take it further and meet a person next week. Oh, wow, thank you. Remember last week when we met at the bus stop, you gave me a ride. It, it rings a bell. It makes people know you are from another tribe entirely. When you vanished last year and you know you were lost and some people kept you in the house and gave you food and kept you overnight and you know the next day you came out and got where you were going to and you met the same man five years later in the party refer to what he did to you thank you for what you did you know when I got to medical school I, I lived with an auntie for a year trying to get accommodation and all the like so I kept my things in the house so I, I had to be going there over and over again for some time until I was settled. Last year, years after I'd, I'd not seen her, I heard she was in the same city where I was, somewhere in Europe. And I took a bus, I trekked and found my way to her house. I thought she was already old, in her 80s, 
And she opened the door. I said, who is this? I said, I'm the one. Man. He said, can you introduce yourself? I did. And she shouted, oh my God. He said, what did you come for? I said, no, I just came to greet you. He said, nobody comes to greet me. I said, no. I remember when I was in my 100 level, I stayed with you. And you were so nice to me. I just came to tell you thank you. You know what happened? She broke down in tears. She wept. She had a baby dog. I was crying. And she was, I said, Auntie, why are you crying? She said she's done so much for so many people, but nobody ever remembers. And in our own age, these little things, these little things tend to make the difference. Character is not just, I've not fornicated, I've not committed adultery, I'm going to heaven. That's not all that character entails. It entails the finis of religion. How do you behave on the table? Fork on the left, knife on the right, spoon or something. How do you pick your teeth? Do you have this? How do you run? You yawn as if you want to swallow people up. It's a little thing you will look at. What about your body odor? It doesn't matter. Now don't then go chop. It doesn't matter. Why? People can run away from you. All you know is not competence. It's whether you know how to take care of yourself. In the military barracks, when new cadets are brought into the, into the army, they are told something, make your bed. They are taught how to make their beds. Every morning, the commandant inspects all the beds. I learned that in high school. Right from the entrance to the school, you are told, learn to make your bed. And I tell you, the way you make your bed is the way you learn it. Every morning, after breakfast, we stood next to our beds in the dormitories. And the housemaster comes to give marks for well-laid And you say, what does this have to do with what we're talking about today? The way you make your bed is the way you allow it. If you plant bananas, you will reap bananas. Plant oranges, you will reap oranges. How you behave to people is how they will behave back to you. If you don't behave well to people, nobody will like you. Spend all your life in sorrow. To her, please. I want to thank you. After we are sorry. Actually, there are four words. The fourth one is not a word, it's an attitude. It's called a smile. It takes more muscles on the face to frown than it takes to smile. Those who smile more live longer. You owe everybody a smile, but you owe nobody a frown. You see, how does that come in? If you smile a lot and you give people smiles, it adds to your character. People believe you easily, people will take you to be a good man when you smile a lot. I don't mean smiling a lot to the point that people begin to feel ridiculed. No, I mean, 
you always look cheerful. You always look radiant. You always look approachable. Back to the story I told you about the man that said, if you are good, children will run to you. Why do children like people that smile? People that frown and look, get older very quickly, look ugly, and nobody wants to identify with them, and children run away from them. Are you smiling as you're looking at me now? Give me a smile. You are not in the funeral home. You are in your house. You are still tying your face while looking at me. Can't you smile? Thank you. Smiles can be infectious. So character is not just saying I'm a holy man. It's the entirety of who you are and how people perceive you to be. So I come here again next time. I want you to build on your character, build on competence. I remember one thing. People are watching you. It's what you sow, you reap. It's how you make your bed. You learn this. People don't just like people. You have to make yourself likeable. Likeable. If you make yourself likeable, you will drown in this world where there's competition everywhere. Nobody will look for you when you don't look likeable. I look forward to seeing you again on my next episode. And I want to position yourself in a way that people want to like you, want to relate with you. I want to trust you. So I come to you again next time. This is Dr. B telling you be strong, be likable. He that wants to have friends must make himself friendly. Have a great day. Bye.